This is part two of Roadblocks to World Class Leadership. Stay tuned. Welcome to All Things Apostolic for January the 9th. This is Tuesday and we're glad that you're with us today. Now, I have been, I have been uh, announcing tomorrow, just 24 hours away, All Things Apostolic, and Thursday, just 48 hours away, uh, Wednesday and Thursday are going to be a special time here at All Things Apostolic in which your host will be Jennifer Barrett, who is the executive vice president of Wilson University and uh, many other things in finishing her uh, doctoral degree in biblical studies at Faulkner University um, and so forth. But on Wednesday and Thursday is going to be two special sessions devoted to the teen mental crisis that's going on now and discussing how social media is playing an important role in this. Uh, and they will be, Jennifer will be sharing some very interesting data about the decrease in mental health in teens in America, but not only in America. This is actually a phenomenon happening around the world. And how uh, social media relates to that is uh, pretty sobering when you begin to see it. So to help to provide some perspective on this particular and very uh, important subject, um, uh, guest Beth Baus will also be there with Jennifer and Beth will be, uh, Beth is a marriage and family therapist and uh, other things and has also led an addiction ministry. She also led an, addis uh, uh, an addiction business of helping people with addictions uh, and was the founder of that business. So um, she has a lot of information on these things. Uh, also guest will be Boston Young, a youth pastor, uh, and finishing up his doctorate and has done considerable work on Gen Z because as a youth pastor, that's what he's dealing with. And so has penetrated pretty deeply into what's going on there and how the subject uh, I think he's actually writing his dissertation on Gen Z and leadership, but included in that are some of the dangers that are coming and are impacting Gen Zers, young people, teens. Um, and one of those things, a big one of those things is social media. So that's tomorrow and Thursday. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be good. Now, yesterday, uh, I talked about spiritual formation. 2024 is starting. What are we going to do in terms of spirituality? So there's people working out, lifting weights, running, doing cardio, uh, walking on their walking machines, uh, all of those things. There's people watching their diet. There's people... Uh, entering new classes. All of these things are like New Year's resolutions. The beginning of the year, they're getting on top of it. I'm impressed with what some of them are doing. Uh, 
Um, however, there is a part of us that's spiritual. So in 2024, what are we going to do about that? So is, is if you're out of shape physically, what about spiritually? Are you out of shape? And what can we do to, uh, uh, to get ourselves where we want to go? Now, uh, <clears throat> spirituality is impossible to get into without also engendering discussion on leadership. Spirituality, many people don't know it, but the, but the idea, the concept of spirituality actually is a Christian thing. And uh, all of those things you see in these days that are talking about spiritual and spirituality and so forth, uh, those, discussions, those discussions were unknown uh, prior to Christianity. Christianity, where the promise was that the Holy Spirit would come, and uh, all of the other things about spirituality that are taught in the New Testament, lays the foundation for the whole subject among humans of spirituality. Uh, so, so we have found out, though, that spirituality is a really big deal, that God is a spirit, John 4.24, and they that worship him must, 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 not, it's a choice, must worship him in spirit and in truth. So, so there's no way for us to get to God or to become powerful spiritual leaders except through spiritual discussions like this one. And so it all starts with receiving the Holy Spirit in Acts 1.8. Jesus, just before the Holy Spirit fell on them, Jesus, in talking to them, told them, ye shall receive power. And uh, the Greek there for that is dunamis, from which we get dynamite. So you shall receive explosive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And then it identifies the, the target that that power is to be used for, and ye shall be witnesses unto me. So in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, uttermost parts of the earth, but the idea here is you receive the Spirit, you receive dynamite, explosive power, but you don't receive that power to go to Las Vegas and set up a big show so you can use that power for personal remuneration or adulation of crowds or whatever. But you use that power. Jesus identified it. You shall receive explosive power and you shall be witnesses. So the power is to proclaim good news. It's to help human beings. It is to proclaim good news to the world that the kingdom of God is come and is available to them in spirit form at this time, that the spirit is not, the, the kingdom at this time is not, it cometh not by observation. I mean, we don't see castles and kings with horses and or whatever would be in our day. But, uh, but rather, it cometh not by observation, but it comes by the spirit within us. And the Bible says the kingdom of God is... Uh, joy, it's peace, it's righteousness in the Holy Ghost. And the purpose that we have is to proclaim that the kingdom is available and that this kingdom is not 
coming in the realm of the political at this time at least this kingdom comes in individuals and so that's why the way it comes into people is by the infilling of the holy spirit the holy spirit which is the spirit of jesus christ who is the king of the kingdom so you have the king of the kingdom in you and that puts you into the kingdom in our present day that's how you get in the kingdom so um so leaders lead us to this leaders lead us to this leaders that are preachers lead us to this leaders that are to use the word in acts 1 8 witnesses do this and they're doing this for the good of humanity it's it's good news they don't have to live under oppression they do not have to live in darkness outside of the light of the kingdom of god which has all kinds of wonderful elements to it but now the door is open so we are witnesses are announcing that and the fact that we're called a witness is that we personally have already entered this kingdom and we are witnessing yeah it's the real deal so that's what i'm doing today is i'm witnessing it's the real deal so um so how do we become better witnesses how do we become better leaders witness is a leader how do we how do we do that how do we become leaders on the highest level if this kingdom of god is the most important thing in the world and it is then then how do we become leaders that have a spiritual prominence that makes people listen and gives people a chance to respond and knows how to help them to respond and then after they receive this kingdom in themselves to help and guide them to become leaders and robust mature disciples of Jesus in their own right and citizens of the kingdom well we talked about this yesterday we talked about um, and I used a personal example but we talked about that a person receives the Holy Spirit in them and then maybe the first three most basic legs that of a framework for spiritual leadership is based upon is uh, the leg of prayer and we talked about prayer uh, yesterday some and the leg of uh, fasting and we did talk about that a little bit and uh, then the leg of reading the word or getting into the word or understanding the word so that makes a three-legged stool so to speak or three-leg uh, that a at least skeletal form of spiritual formation can begin to develop well there is one more leg actually four legs is better than three on a, on a chair or a stool or a table or anything and uh, that fourth leg is actually witnessing actually witnessing now yesterday i was talking about when i was a teenager and the powerful impact that spiritual formation had and continues to have to this day on my life all the things i talked about yesterday and the thing i'm going to talk about today in the next uh, few minutes uh, are as fresh today it seems like as they were there maybe more so i mean it's been a long time ago but uh, these things are eternal. These things are always poised with eternal energy. So they never atrophy. 
they never get old and worn and shop-worn and obsolete. There's no obsolescence in this. This is always the freshest thing on the cutting edge that there is, is what the Holy Ghost is doing in the earth. That's the freshest and the most cutting edge thing that is going on. And uh, I might just slide in here quickly that for people who are listening who may not believe in receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues uh, and may have some negative answer for what I'm about to say, but there is no question that Pentecostalism, which emphasizes receiving the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues as they did on the day of Pentecost and as on everybody in the upper room, the whole 120, as they did, and 3,000 more imitated the same thing and received it that same day. And all the apostles received it, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, received it, and then you're going to tell me that we can't receive it. That's not, that's not right. One reason I know it's not right is because I have received it many years ago. And uh, I'm just as excited about it today as I was then. Praise God, hallelujah, amen. But that Holy Ghost is, is the prompter. And one of the things that it brings that is so profound through prayer and through walking in the Spirit is revelation. Revelation of what's important. Revelation of realities. Revelation of the track for our lives. Revelation of our destiny and our predetermined destiny for the perfect self that God made us. But we have to walk in that. So that destiny, it's possible for that destiny to be there, but never be actualized. And so this fourth thing is, is witness. Witnessing is going out horizontally. Prayer is going out vertically. So this this connects us with God above and it connects us with the world. And through us, the world has access to the power of the living God. We're not that power, but that power flows through us. It flows through us out to them, and then it brings them back through that anointing up to God. And they receive the same thing that we receive. So when I first started witnessing, I told yesterday that I was in a little church that, I mean, there was... Uh, but a lot of the time I wasn't even a pastor there. And um, then we finally got a pastor that really was a man of God. But, but during those days, when I was doing this discipline of prayer every day at the church, I'd go down for an hour at least, and oftentimes for more than an hour, but, um, and pray. And all I talked yesterday about all the things that that created in my life that I didn't have any awareness whatever that what was going on. But it created many, many positives that I probably would have never had, and um, and brought uh, a way of seeing things that has been instrumental in uh, whatever effectiveness we've had in the work of God to this point. But there was no program in our church for witnessing, so I just. While I was praying, I felt the impetus that I ought to be doing something in my little town that I lived in. It was a small town, about 3,000 people. And, and so um, I felt like God helped me, and I made a little map of the city, and I divided houses up in 20 house pieces. 
And so when I got home from school, about 3.30, I would go to the church and pray for an hour. And then it was getting dark. I didn't have a car. I was too young to drive. So I'd ride my bike back into town. The church was out in the country. And I would go to wherever I'd, I'd stopped the day before or the time before in, in the next 20 houses. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know... Uh, I, I didn't know how to approach people, except I just talked to them and uh, made up my own little speech that I gave to them. And out of all of that, nobody ever came to church. I knocked on every door in town except the Spanish area because they spoke Spanish and I didn't, and they had big dogs. So um, I knocked on all the doors. Nobody came. Now, I did have results because when I went to school, high school, um, there was a young lady there that we got to talking. I invited her to church, and uh, long story short, she got the Holy Ghost, and her brother got the Holy Ghost, and her mom and dad got the Holy Ghost, and her two older sisters got the Holy Ghost, and their husbands got the Holy Ghost, and then all their children came in the church. So there was 12 or 14 people um, through that, and then they had relatives and friends, and, and so it, it was part of starting a revival in that in that little church. And um, while all that was going on, uh, none of these people came that I knocked on their door. I wasn't very good at it, but I was persistent. And some doors I knocked on many times. Well. So to fast forward about 40 years later, 40 years after this knocking on the door business, as a kid, uh, my son-in-law, Miles Young, was pastoring in Oakland, California, and a man came in one morning, and they had church, and the man came to the altar and received the Holy Ghost and got baptized in Jesus' name. After service, he was standing out on the front porch and he was saying, if he could see me now, if he could see me now, if Nate could see me now. And uh, after a while, Miles walked out and heard him, and he said, what? Charlie was his name. He said, Charlie, what are you saying? He said, ah, he said, I'm just thinking of a guy. He said, you wouldn't know him. He said, well, what about him? He said, well, uh, his name was Nate. He said, what was his last name? He said, Wilson. He said, uh, what town was it in? He said, little old town down in the valley. And uh, and so Miles told him, he said, well, that's my father-in-law. That's my father-in-law. And Charlie couldn't hardly believe it. He laughed. He said, that kid came by and knocked on our door so many times, and none of us ever went to church. None of us. And he said, here I am today, if he could see me now. Well, I never got a chance to see him. Two weeks later, he died. But you never know what your witness will do.